Hey, what is going on, everybody? I hope you are all doing well tonight. It is Thursday night. I am Boxman. This is Wrestling Outlet. And right now, folks, you got me. That's it. Right now, you got me. Uh, hopefully, Smark will join me in a few minutes. Not quite sure where he is. I don't think he told me he was taking this week off. Then again, maybe he did, but I don't think he did. Uh, we will get him up here in just a few minutes, hopefully. But in the meantime, we got plenty of stuff to talk about tonight while we get this show a-rolling. Uh, obviously, some big news with Ric Flair that we will get into. Uh, Danielson's injury, we'll talk about... Um, uh, a couple of trademarks for AEW that uh, are a little interesting, to say the least. A little bit of Hulk, a little bit of good Hulk Hogan news for once, and um, some good stuff. But uh, as you guys can see, I actually, I know I'm not a big sports guy, but I do have on my Rangers shirt. Uh, if we wore Rangers jersey today, we got to wear jeans. So I take advantage of things. I happen to get this one from Uline. <laughs> which in my business getting anything from Uline is kind of a no-no. I am in packaging and they are a huge competitor, but uh I did get this one when I was at another job from Uline when I ordered enough stuff. So anyway, uh Rangers did win World Series last night 5 nothing. I didn't see the game, but man, people were excited and I'll tell you what, I bet the um parade which is going to be tomorrow. I think it starts at noon. We'll be on the TV tomorrow. We'll be probably watching that as we're working. So it's pretty cool. It's It's been kind of cool, but um, got plenty of stuff to definitely get into tonight. Like I said, hopefully Smark will join me. I do have Skype right here loaded up. I'm, I'm looking for him. Maybe I'll stop in about five, ten minutes and give him another call. I'm hoping he shows up. Let me see if he even read my messages. Let's start there because I sent him some uh, some news, obviously, like I usually do. That'll at least tell me if he's... Uh... Nope. Yeah, I hadn't even read that. So anyway, folks, um, I think we should probably just get into it now. Um, I guess, like I said, you know what? Let's start. Let's start with the Hulk Hogan. Let's start with some good Hulk Hogan news for once. And it's not even really news. I just thought since we usually bring up bad Hulk Hogan stuff, it might be a good thing to go ahead and bring up something good with uh, with Hulk Hogan. And uh, it turns out on the night before Halloween, Hulk Hogan was having a damn good time. Hulk Hogan was out there and he was hanging out with none other than Dave Chappelle this weekend. Yep, that's right. He was hanging out with Dave Chappelle. Must have been uh, Sunday or Monday, but uh, you can see as I scroll down here on Twitter, Hulk Hogan, Dave Chappelle, and Hulk Hogan's wife, who, um, again, looks amazing. But uh, Dave Chappelle, look at him. Look at Dave Chappelle. This guy looks like he's got a little buzz. He's probably had a couple of tokes or two. And uh, I don't know, man. Good shit right here. But uh, I think that's pretty cool. Dave Chappelle hanging out with uh, with Hulk Hogan and his wife, obviously down there at the, uh, the, the, the little Hulk Hogan, whatever his little shop is down there, shop bar. 
But uh, he had the caption, what you going to do when Dave Chappelle and Hulkamania run wild on you, brother? So, like I said, we, me and Smart do post a lot of, not post, but we uh, we talk about a lot of bad Hulk Hogan stuff and how Hulk Hogan does have a tendency to stretch the truth a little bit. Actually, uh, it was funny last week we were telling the story about the gumball machine uh, full of drugs. And I'm like, who the hell is going to tell you that story? Oh, Solid Monster did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess we're, you know, we're not the only ones. Come on. A lot of us get our news the exact same way. Um, but uh, I was listening to Solid Monster and I heard him tell the story. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. So, um, but anyway. Um, yeah, I just thought for once we would tell a good Hulk Hogan story. Nothing bad, nothing, uh, no lies, no, is he telling the truth, no stretch truth. Just a nice, wholesome Hulk Hogan story. So that's what we did here tonight. But, um, there we go with that one. So anyway, definitely got some more. Uh, folks, I'm sorry, I was not prepared to go it alone tonight hopefully i won't be for the rest of the night if i do there ain't a lot of news out there this week folks i mean with cm punk just like gone it's like what the fuck there's like no news out there lately (laughs) cm punk ain't tearing up AEW anymore so there's no news it's just boring stuff at this point folks um but speaking of oops Sorry, folks, the next article I meant to pull up, I actually just accidentally got rid of, but here we go. Um, Matt Riddle will be uh, coming back already. Kind of surprised it's this quick, but Matt Riddle will be uh, making an appearance at Big Time Wrestling's The Reunion. And I guess they're going for stoner against stoner because it is Matt Riddle Versus Rob Van Dam. Which, come on, folks, we've seen Rob Van Dam lately. Does not look bad. Can still do what he did. Not at the same pace, but he can still go. So, you know, hey, is this match happening on some big promotion? No, it's not. But uh, it is happening. And um, here we go right here, folks. Matt Riddle's first WWE post-booking has been announced. Bobby Fulton took to social media this morning to announce that Matt Riddle will step into the ring next year. Now, this isn't this year. It's at the beginning of next year. I'll get to that in just a minute. Next year, 2024, um, against WWE Hall of Famer Rob Van Dam for his big-time wrestling promotion. Uh, Big-time wrestling, the Reunion 3 Cavalcade of Legends is scheduled to take place on March 9th, 2024 in... Sorry, folks. Chillicothe? Uh, you tried to say it and let me know if I'm right. Ohio at the at the OU Shoemaker Center. So it will be an all-day event. Uh, we'll begin with a fan fest meet and greet from 12 to 5, followed by a live edition of Rob Van Dam's whole effing Q&A from 5.30 to 6.00. Not a lot of questions going to get answered in 30 minutes with Rob Van Dam being so stoned at that time of day. Um, Other names will appear, though. We're going to have Kurt Angle. Here you go. We're going to have Kurt Angle, Matt Riddle, 
Rob Van Dam, The Rock and Roll Express, Tommy Rich, Tugboat, Ernest the Cat Miller, Kevin Sullivan, Missy Hyatt, Baby Dog, Glacier, and Judius. Uh, the last thing I'm not quite sure, we got to be honest with you. But uh, this actually seems like a pretty good show. And um, way out in March, so why not? But um, I guess that means we're not going to see. You know, there were some rumors that Matt Riddle may be coming back to WWE, but obviously that's not happening. He's always scheduled all the way out till March. Um, so I think this is pretty cool. I think this will actually end up being a good match. By March, though, I guess the question will be how much ring rust is Matt Riddle going to have at that time? I mean, I, I mean, you got to think about it. We're what, five months away from this match. Don't know. I guess we'll have to see when the match comes up. I got a feeling Matt Riddle's going to be all right, keeping shape. RVD obviously still out there doing it. We still see Rob Van Dam today. I mean, we just saw him on TV a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there you go. So I think this is going to end up being a pretty good match no matter what. Matt Riddle always could go. I don't think a few months off is going to kill him. Being a fucking dad might by that time, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but I definitely think that's going to be a pretty fucking good match. So be looking forward to that come March. Um, and there you go. So, got another one for you folks. Now, if you remember last week, me and Smark were talking about Goldberg, saying how the modern-day wrestling has no depth, as he was saying, if you guys remember what I was talking about that. That is what he said. He said that uh, there's just no depth, no depth in the characters, no depth in the storylines. Well... It's funny because I think someone strongly disagrees with that. And uh, that would be Seth Rollins, who I think actually disagrees with that. Seth Rollins came out today and said that he actually thinks that today's wrestling's, uh, today wrestling is, this is the most talented generation. Um, he said this is, wrestling has progressed so you know, you, yeah, I see the Ric Flair picture. So, you know, I think this is interesting. I, I don't disagree with either one, but what we have here is the old grizzled veterans point or opinion. Let's not say point. Let's say opinion. The old grizzled veterans opinion of what wrestling today is like. And then you've got the guy that's ingrained in it, young, did come up through the indies as Tyler Black, made his way to WWE, made his way to NXT, made his way through NXT, was in, came out and debuted in one of the, let's face it, one of the best factions that have, that were, have had been in WWE for a very long time. And, you know, that that's Seth Rollins, man. Uh, yes, Travis, I did wear my Ranger shirt. Uh, you must uh, you probably missed it, but uh, if you wore a Ranger shirt today, you got to wear jeans at work. So I got on jeans too. So <laughs> my Uline shirt came in handy, sir. But um, 
But uh, that is Seth Rollins. So you've got, like I said, the, the 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 grizzled veteran, and then you've got the young guy, still pretty young. Seth Rollins is still pretty young, got plenty of time left, who actually has his opinion. And it was very different than the opinion we heard from Goldberg. And uh, let me go ahead and get into that for you right now, folks. So obviously we know Seth Rollins, top of his game right now. Um, he did, though, he was doing some uh, media he spoke to a show called Mythical Kitchen, doing some media for the Crown Jewel coming up. And he had some high praise for all of his colleagues across the pro wrestling industry, making note of the high caliber of talent currently competing in the ring. Seth Rollins says, The business has progressed so much. The in-ring talent that we have right now is beyond any generation. It's wild. You can do something that you think is going to change the face of your character and your career, and it's hot for 24 hours, and then boom, gone. Um, the article continues, not Seth Rollins. He says, uh, the level of in-ring athleticism is hard to argue against Rollins's claim, as wrestlers are doing moves and spots that talent in the 1990s or 2000s wouldn't even fathom of doing if their name wasn't Rey Mysterio. Now, Rollins is one of the true blue bar setters for WWE as he's had several show stealers before and during, uh, I think they meant to say his, but they put is, during his world heavyweight title run. So, okay. Once again, we got the contrast, like I said. I definitely, I, believe it or not, I think, I think I kind of agree more with Seth Rollins right now. He's right. These guys are doing some crazy spots in the ring. Um, these guys are doing a lot of things that can make or break their career. I think social media has a lot to do with that. Um, if, if people like it, it's going to be hot for 24 hours. And that 24 hours will tell you if it's a good hot or a bad hot. Because I really don't think that today is the NORAB, what's going on, my man? I really don't think that the old saying, any press is good press anymore, because it's not that way with social media anymore. It's, it's not. If people are trashing something, they're trashing something for a reason. If people are praising something, they're praising it for a reason. Now, obviously, there's mid-ground there. But, I mean, take Tony Khan last night. People are fucking not very happy with that with that announcement last night. No, they're not, and they're shitting on it. I hope Tony Khan doesn't think that they're shitting on it for a good reason. Well, well, they are. They do have a good reason. It was bullshit. That should have been a fucking YouTube goddamn announcement. Is what it fucking should have been. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Norab. That bottom part wasn't really. That's kind of kind of my job. Not really a job, kind of just what I do as a hobby. But anyway, um, like I said, I do kind of agree with Rollins here on that. But, I mean, you go back and, I mean, what if that spot by, let's just go back to King of the Ring, Mick Foley, Undertaker. Imagine if social media was like it was today back then. Just imagine. 
you would get some people trashing that spot as dangerous. Oh, my God, this might as well be AEW. What are they thinking? What are they doing? Meanwhile, all of us know that spot was fucking awesome. Mick Foley fucking put his life on the line to fucking entertain us and fucking did more than once that match. I mean, let's not forget he went through the cage after that and doesn't remember. So, you know, it, it, I, I'd be, I'd not, I wouldn't be curious to see, but I'm glad social media wasn't around back then because, you know, just imagine Mick Foley does all that. And then every fucking person goes on social media and shits on it. And that spot became nothing horrible. Everyone just thought it was dangerous and stupid. Eh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think that would have been, uh, would have been pretty bad for Foley. So, but I do agree with, with Rollins. I do think the business has progressed a lot. Obviously we do see these guys doing things. Jeff Hardy still trying to live out his fucking younger career. Um, and I mean, let's face it guys, we're seeing sting. We are seeing sting at six, what? 62 years old do things that we have never seen him do trying to keep up with a young Darby Allen. That's pretty fucking sick when you think about it. That is pretty fucking sick when you think about it. Really it is. So I don't know. Um I do agree with uh I do agree with Seth Rollins. But I also agree with where an older guy like we talked about last week, a Goldberg would say that some of the characters don't have depth. I still think that I still think that Goldberg talking about depth in a character is a little ironic in itself. Because let's face it, Goldberg went out there for two, three minutes, squashed guys, and left the fucking ring. That's it. I'm not quite sure what the depth in that was. Undefeated streak has no depth to it. You're going out there and squashing people. That's all it is. So if I had to pick someone that actually made some points and actually had somewhere to go with, with, with their opinion, I think I'd have to go with Seth Rollins on that one, folks. So, I don't know. That's just kind of where I go on it. But um, let's see. We have a picture of... Norab decided to post me a picture of Mr. Hugsy, Husey, Hugsy, Husey, Whatsy, at a bar. I'm not sure who's who. It's a very dirty shirt, though, I will say. But anyway, let's keep going. Like I said, folks, I do apologize. This is probably going to be a pretty short show that Smark wasn't here. I was not planning on uh, going solo tonight. But, uh, hey, here we are. Here's what we're doing. Still don't see where he's online. I'll tell you what. Let me turn this down. We'll give him a quick call and see if he's online. Let's do this real quick before I get too deep into anything here. Give Smart a quick call. I think that's a good idea. So, all right. One second here. Yeah, he's not online, folks. Um, All right. So I did that. I'm going to keep that low in case he does decide to call. We won't have any volume problems. Everybody should still be able to hear me just fine. So... Anyway, folks, um, I got a few more things that we'll talk about right now. Um, obviously, we'll get into this a little more. Actually, you know what? I can save this one for for Dynamite. 
That's what I'll do. So, folks, less than one month after Ronda Rousey had, I, I don't know whether to say teased or announced, announced her retirement, she did one of the, she kind of did both. Well, guess what? She's actually not retiring right now. I think she's just trying to get away from WWE. But um, she is actually going to be teaming with Marina Shafir for Wrestling Revolver Unreal 3 coming up very soon here. Ah, there she is. And Sammy Callahan, I think this is his promotion, actually says that he does not want to take credit for bringing Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey in, um, but she will be there. Um, and this is November 16th, so this is coming up in just a few days here. And she will be there. And this this is a charity event for the 2023, uh, the Hawaii wildfires. So I'm going to go ahead and hit this up real quick. Uh, Sammy Callahan was on Busted Open Radio. And uh, this was actually just yesterday when he was on there. And they asked him about getting Ronda Rousey on the show. And he basically said, it's something I fell into because of my relationships with other people and people putting uh, myself over Ronda like, this is the guy you want to work with, you want to do work with, Callahan said. Ronda wanted to do this for charity, he continued. She wants to do something for the Hawaiian Relief Fund. Her husband is from Hawaii, and this is a charity she holds very near and dear to her heart. And as soon as it was brought up to me, I was like, absolutely, that is 100% something that I want to be involved with because that money will actually go to help people. So uh, Callahan continued, to clarify, all profits after the production costs will be donated to the charity. Many people working for the show have asked for their uh, fees to be sent directly to the charity as well. 250 tickets were sold on the first day they became available. Um, <clears throat> so this doesn't mean that all proceeds, which means all money from the show, it means they're going to go ahead and pay their production fees and whatever profits they get after paying the talent, which is very nicely a lot of the talent asking for their salary or their pay to go directly back into it. They're doing this for nothing is what's being said here. That's pretty goddamn cool if you ask me. So this is pretty cool. And um, I think it's pretty cool of Ronda Rousey to jump in here and do this. And it's good that they're doing a show for charity. This is great. I, I love seeing stuff like this. And it's really good to, to, to see in writing that these a lot of these people are just saying, hey, I don't care about the money. I just want to do this and you know, go ahead and give my fee back into the company, which will help pay the production, which means more of the ticket sales will go to charity. 250 tickets, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but for a little indie show, folks, 250 tickets sold on the first day is pretty goddamn good, in my opinion. So, um, and, 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 Ronda Rousey and Marina Shafir don't even have opponents yet. That's it. it. They just said they're teaming. They haven't said who the fuck they're teaming with yet. It's literally they're teaming, and that's it. It's over. Done. 
So, um, all right, folks. So not to spend too much time on news tonight. Again, I thought uh, I didn't think I was going solo. So this may be an incredibly short show. I have no problem with that. I'll let you guys go. Um, not next week, but the week after. The week before Thanksgiving week, I'm going to have to actually take off. My wife is doing one last camping trip for the winter season. And uh, she's leaving Thursday night. So I will have to take off that week. And then obviously we're not going to do a show on Thanksgiving night. I don't want to, I wouldn't do that to you guys. So not next, we'll be here next week. And the next two weeks, we're going to go ahead and just um, not, not do a show. If that's our, I hope that's all right with everybody. It probably shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a problem. Everybody's going to be busy anyway, but um, we'll get that done. And um, so folks today, I'm, just about to get out of work. I'm flipping through the old uh, the old news sites and seeing what I see. And oh, good Lord, what did I see? Folks, last week we saw the debut of Ric Flair on AEW television. We were talking, you know, I doubt he's going to be there long. We don't think he's going to do a ton of stuff now. Suddenly now, what do we keep hearing? We keep hearing, we get breaking news that Ric Flair, this is straight from Post Wrestling, by the way, that Ric Flair has signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Okay, let's do this, folks. Um, Listen, folks, I'm a, uh, I am a Flair fan. I like me some Ric Flair. I do. Flair is fucking awesome. Flair was awesome. Flair now is a bit of a parody of himself at this point. Um, I mean, look at this guy in the flowered suit, the gold chains. I'm not quite sure what you do with this guy for a number of years. I mean, let's be honest. What is a multi-year contract to Ric Flair? The guy is, has a, a bad liver and is still out drinking. Um, I I just don't see where this makes well this makes sense. Uh, but you know, Flair just got his energy drink. He just we just talked a, a, a week, a two a, last week about him getting into the weed business, the the, the cannabis business. And, um, anyway, a flair was asked by comicbook.com how the AEW thing came to be. And here is how it went. Flair said, I actually texted him, him being Tony Khan, that we had an energy drink and asked if he would be interested in having a sponsor for the show. We started negotiating with him. And then he called me and said, would you want to come work he had talked to sting and i said hell yeah the only people that knew about it of course were chad bronstein president and chairman of karma hold parent company of the woo energy drink myself sting and tony okay i came in as a surprise and it uh and it and it was just a wonderful experience sting and i have been working together for 31 years what a moment so Rumor going around is that um, the 
Flair's energy drink will be the exclusive energy drink for AEW. So I don't want to sit here and pretend Flair's not getting something out of this. But as far as Flair coming in to actually do some work, folks, what do you do? You don't want to put this guy in a match. If I was Tony Khan, I wouldn't care what fucking doctors cleared him. I would fucking fire every doctor that cleared him. Me. That's what I would do. Any doctor that cleared him would, should be fired, in my opinion. No, absolutely not. Manager? Okay. Okay. I hate to say, but Ric Flair of yesteryear, talking-wise, is also gone. I'm sorry. This is not the Ric Flair I grew up with. This is not the Ric Flair you grew up with. It's not. It's just not. He, he's, almost, he, he's slurring at points. It sounds like I mean, sometimes he sounds drunk, and I know he's not. You can look at him and tell he's not. Maybe he's smoking his weed. I don't know. But it's, I don't know. I just find this weird that, you know, they sit there and they talk, you know, they were saying how bad, oh, Hulk Hogan's not welcome here because, you know, he used the N-word, but sexual assault on an airplane many years ago, Mm, we can look past that. They can look past that, I guess. Again, folks, I love Flair. I do. The guy will basically have to be a fucking pedophile for me to hate him, to be honest with you. But I'm a little baffled at the, uh, the reasoning and or logic of AEW for this one. So... I don't know. I guess we'll see if they use him as a manager, if they just kind of took him on, or if this is really just more of a sponsorship deal with Ric Flair over multi-years than a than that than what the deal that's coming out is. We're going to have to see. I got a feeling this might just be a sponsors, uh, sponsorship thing and people may be blowing this out of proportion a little bit. Good Lord, do I hope that's the fucking case? <laughs> I really, really hope that's the case with this. We will see. We will see. So, all right. Do a quick drink here. Ah, a little water. All right. So, let's go ahead, folks. Now, I had said that AEW had signed some, uh, not signed, had uh, recently obtained some interesting trademarks. Um, one of them we know, one of them is World's End. We had talked about World's End. That was the uh, the show that's coming up in December, the new AEW pay-per-view coming up in December. Um, so we know about that one. But um, there's a few other that are slightly weird. Let me make this a little clearer for you guys here. All right, so in September, AEW trademarked not only World's End, as you can see there for the YouTube guys, but they decided to trademark House of Ass <laughs> or bandanas, beanies, hats, sweatshirts, stuff like that. I have not heard House of Ass yet. 
I'm interested to see exactly what House of Ass is. I really am. I really am. Find out what's going on with that. But uh, House of Ass is one that they recently trademarked and haven't done anything with yet. So is Mark Henry looking to do a new House of Pain and going to call it the House of Ass? Is he going to start like a like a like a hoe trainer? I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens there, folks. This one I definitely found interesting. If you look down here on the bottom left, you'll see that AEW Plus has been trademarked, and that was also in August. I don't know. Think I don't think we've actually talked about these in a few months, but this one here is set for a streaming service. So AEW may be coming out with the streaming service a lot sooner than we think now. Uh, here's one more that I thought was a little interesting. AEW Rise to the Top. Don't think they've done anything with that one yet, but um, that was going to be a video game. Maybe they did. Um, but the main ones I thought were pretty funny were, uh, not funny, but interesting, was House of Ass and AEW+. Plus. Um, besides the fact we just really haven't gone over these in a while, um, but those two, the House of Ass, I'm definitely interested in for obvious reasons. Uh, but AEW Plus is another interesting one because, you know, right now they, they're on Fight TV, but I've got a feeling they're working on something when that Fight TV deal is up. I would assume that is why you're not getting AEW television on the ROH uh, Honor Pass or Honor Club, whatever it is, because they've got to deal with 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 Fight TV. They they they're probably exclusive to them until a certain date. I got a feeling when that certain date is up, we're going to be seeing AEW Plus pull up. So expect that to come up you know what that could be great for him then i mean you know he could do a tier of roh on there he could do you know a few different things on there and as of this point i mean look they've got a good library right now they could start popping up there so it could be pretty interesting what they do and how they do it so i guess we'll just uh we'll just have to see what happens with that but i got a feeling when that fight tv uh, streaming services up, that's it. They're going to be doing their own thing, which would not be a dumb thing for them to do. In my opinion, of course. So, all right, folks. Um, let's get into AEW, and we can get into my last news story as we do this. Folks, this might be a one-hour show or less. I... Whatever. <laughs> I was not, again, for the third time, I was not prepared to do this on my own. But no big deal. No big deal. Um, and chat room, appreciate y'all coming on in here. Kind of keeping the show a-rolling, a-rolling, a-rolling. But, um, all right. So we can get into a little bit of AEW tonight uh, from last night. And um, after that, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up, folks. We'll just make this a nice, uh, compact little episode here. and Not even worry about it. I ain't worried about it if you're not worried about it. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and start this off, folks. So before we even got the intro to this show last night, we had a couple things going on. First thing we had was a recap of last week's main event. Um, that was the first thing we had, and th- which was... Um, Jesus Christ, I already forgot what that was. Oh, it was the recap of uh, uh, the main event, which was Daniel Bryan's orbital bone injury, as they showed. Now, he came out with a black eye, folks, but left with an orbital injury. Now, he will most likely be out, they're saying, for the remainder of 2023, which don't, don't be too upset, folks. It's only a couple months down the road. But this may put a little bit of his um, New Japan. uh, Jesus Christ, I can't think tonight, folks. I'm sorry. His New Japan appearance in a little bit of of jeopardy, as we can, uh, as we see, as we might know. I mean, it's not that long, but... During last week, we all we 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 know we've heard by now that he did have a pretty bad injury to his eye. It was a orbital bone injury, and I believe yesterday I actually saw a picture of him um, that um, he had the surgery already. But uh, this came straight from uh, Sports Illustrated. This article, um, and uh, yeah, so he will be out for a while after that injury. Obviously, folks, he'll be out for a little bit after that injury, and um, he'll be. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's like every time Daniel uh, Brian Danielson comes back, he's back out after two or three matches. But anyway, we had that, the recap of that match. Um, then we had the recap of Omega versus MJF on Collision. Now, a lot of people were pissed off that they did this match on Collision and for free. Mark Henry was one of them. But it was either do it on collision or don't do it because I believe Monday was when MJF became the longest reigning champion. So either Omega stopped him on Saturday or MJF retained and became what he did. So that is what's up. Knowing my man, what's going on, my man, you missed everything, dude, everything. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) everything and nothing at the same time. But so we had that. And then we had uh, MJF MJF live back there, back there with uh, Renee Paquette folks. I think it, listen, I can look at Renee all night. I could probably stare at her for 24 hours a day and still think she's amazingly, insanely hot. But I think she needs some help back there. Folks. She is in like, 12 fucking segments a night. I think she needs some help. I think the woman needs some help. I really do. I really do. Again, I got no problems with Renee being on TV all night, but starting to look a little little tired. By the last interview, she's just like, all right, get this shit over with. (laughs) So I don't blame her. I don't blame her. But um, anyway, after... We get all that. We get MJF who gets Adam Cole on, I don't know, Zoom, on on live stream. Um, 
Cole starts off. He congratulates MJF on being the longest reigning AEW champion. Tells him, listen, dude, I think you should consider that offer by Samoa Joe. And MJF's like, yeah, 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 I'll think about it. And takes off. Roderick Strong comes rolling up with Kingdom. And he's like, man, I was kind of rude leaving you mid-conversation there. And then Roddy's like, yeah, do you still believe that he's the devil? Because I do. And Cole's just like, yo, fuck this, I'm out of here. And shuts off the camera. Hangs up, and we leave the shot. Not before we get a quick shot of whoever it is in the devil mask. Um, and again, folks, intro hasn't even popped up yet. Now the intro comes up. So now we get the intro. Finally, we get the intro. Um, and this show with MJF, though, before I get to after the intro, the show with MJF last night had a running you can want to call it a running gag go ahead it was a running theme a running gag whatever you want to say of mjf trying to find a partner and the acclaimed begging him to pick them as their partner so it was kind of a two-part little running gag going on i thought it was it was very good i thought it was fun a lot of little funny segments mjf is funny either way i like it so but um I like the way they did this last night. I think they should do this more. I think they should do the kind of recap, go into either an interview or something like that, or backstage brawl, play the intro, because their intro was like, what, 15 fucking seconds? Um, and then I think they should go from there and start the show, just like they did last night. I thought it flowed really well, to be honest with you, the way they did it last night. They ca- and, and I mean, they came right back, and they went right into uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Orange Cassidy for the inter- international title. Now, Claudio in this match was looking for a little bit of a vengeance, a little revenge on, um, on Orange Cassidy for, blames him for injuring Brian. And this was a good match between these two guys, as I think we we would expect it to be. This was a very good, a very fun match between these two guys. Orange Cassidy doing a little less of his shtick, tried doing it, but always had to kind of get out of it because he was getting attacked by by Claudio. Um, nice one, nice little trend uh, transition move from Claudio where. Um, uh, or Cassidy jumped off the jumped off the ropes. Cass, uh, Claudio caught him and turned it right into a, a a swing. It was really nice, a big swing, really nice move. Um, oh, Orange Cassidy those does sneak out a win. After that, we get Moxley. He's running on down to the ring. He goes through the crowd. He gets back in the ring. Cassidy get, it was already out, but charged right back at him. Here comes security. Claudio and Moxley are throwing security around. And then we see Moxley just all pissed off and he leaves. So uh, the first of a few segments here, we get MJF and he's backstage. And he's outside of Kenny Omega's locker room. He knocks and Jericho answers. 
MJF had the face of a guy who just knocked on his girlfriend's door and some huge guy just answered the fucking door and he had no clue he was there. <laughs> that was the look MJF had on his face last night. So they talk a little bit. Uh, Jericho laughs, closes the door in his face, and as MJF's leaving, Wardlow just grabs him by the fucking throat and is like, look, you took everything from me. I'm going to take everything from you. Leading me to believe sooner, probably, rather than later, Wardlow's going to have something to do with MJF losing that belt. That's just my thoughts on it. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I don't think Wardlow's going to be the one to take the belt. I think he's going to be the one to have MJF lose the belt, but he's not taking it. I don't think so. I don't think Tony Khan has that much faith in him. Um, then we had uh, Brian Cage. And uh, I forgot those guys' goddamn name. Fucking whatever. Uh, Brian Cage and his crew versus the Young Bucks and uh, Hangman Adam Page. This match was going pretty well. Um, it was... Like I said, you watch one Young Bucks match, you've you've seen them all, folks. So don't, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. But we're sitting there, and next thing you know, uh, during the match, Swerve comes out. And he's going, whose house? Swerve's house. Then he said, actually, Hangman, I was at your house last week. And Hangman immediately just ran out of the ring leaving the Young Bucks alone. And Cage and his crew won and are now new ROH what three-man champions. Why do the... Why are... When was the last time we saw the trios champs have a match? The AEW trios champs. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But I don't know why we have to have the ROH... Trio titles out there too. I think it's a little it's fucking overkill. How many fucking titles do we need? Look, when they did the ROH thing and everybody was complaining, I was like, "Look, calm down. It's the same people we'd see AEW or ROH. It doesn't fucking matter." But when you're talking about something like this with three titles and you have your own three titles. It just doesn't have the right ring to it to me. It doesn't make sense to do this, but I guess they really just wanted to get a little bit of uh, dissension in between the young, but between the the elite, if you will, this version of the elite, and um, which will lead us into a segment a little bit later. So I guess that's what what happens here. Um, and we do after this match, we go backstage and Swerve and uh, Page are being broken up. And uh, I believe it's Matt Jackson started going ballistic in the ring, but really he just looked like a kid who wanted to get a cotton candy and couldn't get it. These guys are not convincing as anything but cocky, bitchy heels. They're not badasses. They, I don't care. I just think they're, that's how they work best. Cocky, douchey, Heels. It's just how I think they work best. I might be wrong. Happens all the time. 
But after commercials, we get MJF. Uh, he's outside of Samoa Joe's locker room. Um, for some reason, he doesn't knock on the door. The door, I believe, he just writes "emo bitch" on his little uh, Microsoft Word door label. And then he goes to leave. He turns the corner, and there's the acclaimed again. And they're begging to be picked. They have a sign that says "Pick us." MJF just screams no and leaves. Um, so after that, folks, we get Tony Schiavone, and he brings out uh, Adam Copeland, of course, as the rated R superstar. They're already going with the name, and uh, he's talking. Copeland's talking. Next thing you know, we get Christian coming out. So immediately. Everyone's ears perk up. What's Christian going to say here? Well, Christian uh, really got, as usual, Christian started getting a little deep, started saying, you know, I, I, I don't need to remind you of your, your neck injury and, you know, you, you, I'm going to snap your neck so your kids have to wipe your drool and this and that. Um, so he says he is going to snap his neck and have him in a wheelchair. Christian says Copeland um, eventually they come in the ring. Copeland lays out Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, who's out there with him, but he's reluctant to hit Christian because he, as he keeps saying, I won't hit my friend. I won't hit my friend. Luchasaurus comes back in and he hits Adam Copeland in the pretty much in the back of the neck. He didn't really, but he did. So, Christian gets out. He puts the chair on the mat. We think he's going for a, 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 a one-man concerto to the mat. Next thing you know, you got Darby and Sting. They come out, and they kind of make the save. Sting makes the save. Darby comes out. Christian is beaten. Darby down in one corner. Edge is in the other corner, hyping himself up. I mean, he's got the, the eyes squinted. He's got the full... Uh, crow's feet wrinkles going on the face <laughs> and um you know I, I i thought he was gonna start to do it and then hesitate the spear i thought he was gonna do it because why wouldn't you drag this out another week at least they said fuck that edge just bam hits christian with the spear puts him on the mat and um it was pretty cool, I thought, actually. It was pretty cool, but it was a... I mean, just last week, oh, I won't fight my friend, I won't do that. They really... I, I, I don't want to say they hot-shotted this story. They did sort of hot-shot this story. Let's, let, you know what, let's just say it. They hot-shotted this story a little bit, and I'm not quite sure why, but they did. Uh, the crowd did go fucking wild for the spear, and the crowd definitely loved when... Uh, Adam Copeland got on the mic and uh, accepted the match and basically said, Sting, Darby, y'all need a man. I'm your man. So there it is, folks. That will be happening. That will be happening at, uh, at Full Gear, I believe. Full Gear? Yeah, probably. All right, folks. So now we get the good stuff. Now we've got the goods. Now it happens. Tony Khan earlier in the day. Might have been the day before, actually. I apologize. Day before. Tuesday. Says Tony Khan, he has a 
a an important important announcement he says that he has to make tune in blah 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 so all right all right another uh Tony Khan's yelling fire in a theater again, so we have to go see where the fire's at, right? Let's go see. Let's go see what the fire's all about. Tony Khan's saying he's got a big announcement. So we all tune in. We all wonder what the announcement is. He's back there. He's with Nigel McGuinness. And he's back there looking as only Tony can. I don't know why a guy that with that much money buys buying suits off the rack, but here we are. Here we are. Nigel's suit looks better fit on him than Tony Khan's suit. Tony Khan looks like he has on his, his his father's suit. Nigel looks like he bought his and had it tailored very nicely, actually. So Tony Khan comes out. He starts talking about the Wembley thing, and I'm going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Here we go. He starts talking about Wembley, the numbers. We all know the numbers were a little... Just say fucked up. He starts talking about that. And the announcement is Tony is giving us a holiday gift. And I'm like, oh, my God, he bought me a person. No, no, folks, we don't get people. He doesn't buy us people. He only buys he only buys sting people. No, our holiday gift, folks, is that on December 1st, one month from yesterday, you will be able to go ahead and get tickets for All In in Wembley on August 24th, 2024 for pre-sale. Oh my God, folks. How many times can you yell fire in a theater without getting shit on? This, folks, I think... Uh, this show has been pretty fair with old Tony Khan here. I really do. I think we have. I really think we have been. But this, these announcements, these huge announcements, these gifts need to stop. If he's this hard up to get on television, fine. Just become a fucking character and annoy us all you fucking want. That is fine. These announcements are making the company look foolish. They are making him look foolish. They are making TBS look foolish. I, I, look, you may feel different. I, this is the way I feel, folks. I think he's making everybody look foolish. I think he's basically making people not give a shit anymore. The next time he has an actual big announcement, you know what everyone's going to say? Ah, fuck you. What are you going to announce? What are you going to fucking announce? What, what, t- what, what, what pre-sale tickets go on this time? What are you going to announce? What, do you got new fucking colors? We got a new logo? No one gives a shit. This should have been a tweet for a YouTube link. If he wanted to do it, if he really wanted to grab a fucking microphone and do this, or on or a link to his AEW website promoting this, there was absolutely no reason for him to take up any time on television for this. 
Zero. Besides the fact he just wanted to take up a little couple minutes and be on fucking television in his nice, shitty-fitting suit. I guess that's it. I don't know. But, like I said, folks, I think we've been pretty fair with Tony Khan over the past three years, four years, whatever. But this was bullshit. This was absolutely not. No one needed to fucking hear this on television. A YouTube video, a link to a website, a fucking TikTok, a TikTok, Tony, a TikTok, Tony, TikTok, Tony. He should buy it and rename it TikTok, Tony's. That's what he should have done here. Something other than what the fuck he did. A YouTube short. How's that? He should have done a YouTube short. Just something. I think this was absolutely time-consuming, stupid, and just absolute bullshit. No fucking point in doing this the way he did it. Look, I may be wrong. I know some people probably disagree with me on that, but I'm sorry. When he actually has something that means something and and people need to give a shit about, no one's going to fucking care. It's going to be useless. It's going to be absolutely fucking useless because he has fucking screamed fucking fire too many times and there wasn't a fire. That's all I'm saying, folks. So after that, we got a match with uh, Angelo Parker, Matt Menard against uh, Omega and Jericho. Uh, This was a, a pretty decent match. I had... I had fun watching it actually. It wasn't it was what it was. Um Jericho actually ended up pinning uh pinning Parker for the win here. Callus and his family come on down. And uh they came out and my god, they were booing so loud you could barely hear Don Callus, folks. Um wife brought in a shot, so just give me a uh well, in a second, give me a second. All right. We're going to do a quick shot, folks, and then we'll, uh, we don't have much left and we'll wrap this up. All right, all right. Woo! Oh, yeah. So they came out to some loud booze where, and I got to tell you, I, I've said before I watch on the TBS app, I think they have some of the worst audio ever. You can hardly hear the announcers half the time. Uh, the, the, the boos are just, I mean, they, it's like they have the crowd turned up too loud and the announcers turned up too low or turned down too low. Excuse me. It's very weird how the TBS app runs their audio. I think they need no audio guy, to be honest with you. Um, basically though, he challenged Jericho and Omega to a street fight and they're like, sure, but we're going to make sure, you know, Abushi's with us. And everyone's like, woo, Abushi. And then, boy, you want to talk about, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jericho should have just said he had a fucking, a giant announcement. <laughs> Get it? A giant, and fuck you, yeah, forget it. Um, Last week, if we remember, he said he had a uh, someone that's bigger than Hobbs out there. And me and Smart brought up a couple of names. Mark Henry is who I personally was hoping for. And we brought up this gentleman. We brought up uh, Paul White. Uh, the Big Show, if you want to call him. Of course, his, uh, whatchamacallit, his uh, 
his uh, his entrance um, video said, "No more BS, no more Big Show." Uh, well, you know what I say to that, folks? It's a big no, 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 <laughs> folks. This is this was. People were just running up the ramp, and Kyle Fletcher literally ran into this man's fist. Look, if you ever saw the movie Grown Ups 2, there's a part in the end where there's a fight, and Steve Austin is literally sitting there eating while punching guys out. They're basically running into his fucking fist. That's what this reminds me of. Paul White sitting up there with these two big braces, like stone, like stone cold braces on his fucking knees, and barely moving. All he could do was sit there. Everyone runs into his fist. And then he gave a little uh, finger gun wink to Jericho. Little, little, little wink to Jericho. And walked out. Folks, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Look, folks, I, we stopped talking WWE because we felt we were very negative on it. I don't feel I'm being negative on this. I really don't. I feel like we're just kind of... This show last night was not great. It really wasn't. It had good flow. It moved well. It did. But the 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 depth, the content just wasn't that that great. Some decent parts of the show, definitely. But um folks, the big show, Paul White. You know what? I'm going to leave it alone. I'm just going to leave it alone. I, the best thing they can do, though, is make sure this guy is in a four-way. He'll have to be in the ring. Excuse me, less that way. And, uh, excuse me, folks. And I think that's a good thing. The less he's in the ring from what we saw on uh, last night, I think the better off we are. I do. So, after this segment, folks, we get Jericho and Omega. They're backstage with, once again, Renee. Again, no problem seeing Renee. I think she could use some help. I don't think they could find anyone that hot, but I guess they could try. Um, they're back there, and you see behind them, while Omega and Jericho are cutting their promo, the Bucks are in the locker room. So, again, I think it's Matt Jackson. Thank you, Noe, for the bless you. I think Matt Jackson is just freaking out, like, you know, because... Omega brought up kind of like, you know, friendships and this and that. And uh, I think he said the enemy of my enemy, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, which brought in Matt Jackson to get all pissy and moany and starts bitching. And finally, he just says, you know, what it comes down to, though, is really who let this prick in here? He was talking about Jericho. And he's like, I didn't forget what you did to Papa Buck. Okay, so... That was that, and um, that really was about it. There wasn't much more to it. They had a little pushing, a little shoving, and Omega basically just said, listen, we'll take care of this later, so screw you guys. But uh, that was pretty much the whole segment. And and I, I don't know. Not much on this segment, folks. The, the, the Buck stuff right now is just like, it's like 
It's like they're, they're, they're like they're trying to walk through wet concrete, and it's drying. It's just boring and and slowing down almost to a halt. So we'll see what's going on. I really feel these guys probably need to. Uh, I know the Bucks still think they've got a lot in them, but personally, folks, if the Young Bucks weren't on TV for a year, I would not miss them. I don't even think I would ask about him. I don't think I would care. Might not be a bad idea for these guys to just go and run the fucking company. Like the company needs to be run. Maybe sit, maybe tell Tony Khan that, listen, maybe these fucking uh, little uh, announcements aren't the best idea. Oh, look, we know you own the place and you got the money, but can you listen to us for once? We kind of know what wrestling fans want a little bit. Just saying, folks. Possibility. Possibilities there. Um, anyway, that was that segment right there. Then we go on to the uh, Willow Nightingale versus Sheeta match. This was for the AEW Women's Championship. And, uh, folks, I thought this match was so long. I really thought this match went about five minutes too long. It did not need to go this long, in my opinion. I would have rather have Tony Storm out there longer rather than what we saw on this match. Um, Sheeta did win, and the best part is when Tony Storm finally came out at the end. And as Smart said last week, when they're doing the whole thing where they show Tony Storm and she's in black and white, they show Sheeta she's in color, they go back and forth, black and white color, black and white color. I love that this week when... Tony Storm's doing her thing. Sheeta runs up, and as she attacks her, just goes right into black and white. I think what they're doing with this stuff is really cool with this whole uh, timeless Tony Storm character, and um, I, I really do think it's pretty cool. But they added another kind of uh, layer onto this storyline um, because. <clears throat> As this is all going down with Sheeta and Tony Storm, the lights go out. Suddenly the lights go back on, and there is Julia Hart standing right behind Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale slowly turns around like, I know who this is. And suddenly we see it is Julia Hart. And suddenly Sky Blue comes running down to save Willow Nightingale. Now, Sky Blue's been having this black makeup on her face lately, which is kind of how Julia Hart started. But anyway, she does turn around, look at Willow Nightingale, like something's about to happen to Willow, and she's turning. She turns to Julia Hart, and badly blue mist in her face. <laughs> I love mist, folks. I've said it before. This didn't look great. It just didn't look great. But it looked okay. Enough to where Julia Hart could sell the move and not look like an idiot doing it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was, it was kind of weird uh, how it all happened. But um, I don't know. Now, Tony Storm, though, folks. Tony Storm, I guess, when she came down on Collision and uh, she was on the table on the announcer's desk and she was, she had an orange in her ass, <laughs> and gave it to Tony Schiavone. 
He ate that motherfucker. Y'all know he ate. He didn't even peel it. <laughs> Folks, I don't think I would either. I don't think I would either. Uh, no, he says he thinks boxing and wrestling is coming together. Um, at all the entertainment? No, they tried that once with a, something called Brawl for All. It did not work very well. It did not work very well. They've had all these sports try to combine with wrestling, MMA, boxing. Uh, it just doesn't work. The fan bases are different. Boxing guys think that uh, their sport's too real for us fake guys, you know, watching a fake sport. And let's face it, we all think boxing's fixed and bullshit, us wrestling fans. It doesn't fit. And pretty much the, about the same shit goes for MMA. So it just doesn't kind of fit. It's just not the best fit. There is crossover, as there is with a lot of things. But I don't think it's as uh, as powerful as people would want it to be. I I thought it was a good good fit, too. But it's just not. A while back I did, but it's just not. We got MJF after that, folks. And he's sitting... For some reason, on the disgusting floor. I don't know why you would want to sit on the floor of an arena where people have been walking, spitting, peeing, everything else that's probably around. Finally, the acclaimed are still chasing him down. MJF just says no. And then he turns around and there's Jeff Jarrett and his crew. And MJF just hangs his head in shame and walks away. Then we get Renee backstage. He's with Roddy. Roderick Strong and Kingdom, and I got to be honest, I missed what they said, and I really didn't give a fuck to go back and watch. So, so we get Bullet Club Gold, folks. This is Bullet Club Gold versus MJF, and what turned out to be, which we all knew was happening from day one, the acclaimed. Now, if MJF wins this match or any part of the team, he gets the uh, the triple B back, the big Burberry belt. MJF didn't just come down with these guys. He had on acclaimed gear, too. So he went all in, no pun intended, with this shit. Um, this match was pretty fun, a lot going on. I enjoyed it. Uh, Bullet Club do get the win in this match. Actually, folks... Jay White pinned MJF in this match, which I was a little baffled by. Um, I figured that's what Max Caster was doing there. I figured Caster would have taken the pin. But instead, they decided to have MJF take the pin. And then after the match, when they were beating down MJF, um... Jay White goes to hit MJF with the belt. Caster pushes MJF out of the way and takes the hit. Which was a little odd, but I see what they're saying. Well, everybody's all pissed off at MJF. And uh, Billy Gunn finally gets in his face, and really all they want him to do is one good scissoring. So what does MJF do? Because he's such a good sport. Reluctantly, we get a four-way scissor. That's right. MJF decides to scissor. Um, Anthony Bowens is actually scissoring a wrist. 
Looks like MJF's wrist, actually, in this picture. But anyway, scissoring did happen with MJF. So, folks, like I said, I, I really didn't think this was the best Dynamite episode. I thought it went very, it went quickly. I thought it flowed well. I just didn't think it was the 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 best episode they've done. But uh, it wasn't a bad episode at all. Um, so, anyway, folks, I um, I got to be honest. Like I said for the fourth time now, I was not planning on going on solo tonight. I didn't have a ton of news. Usually Smart shoots me three, two to three, four stories sometimes, and we usually go off of those. But um, it was a slow news week anyway, folks. There really wasn't a lot going on this week. And... Um, I'll tell y'all what, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I'm going to let me go. I'm going to let y'all go. I appreciate the chat room showing up. I appreciate anyone going to download this show. And um, I just appreciate everything. Appreciate everybody. I want y'all to like the show. I want y'all to uh, subscribe. Put out the word. Spread the word. That's right. Send the word at uh, Wrestling Outlet. And... Um, I appreciate it, folks. Once again, I am Boxman. Thank you guys very much once again. And uh, I will be back next week. Hopefully, Smark will be with me. And we will uh, we will take it from there, folks. On that note, as I say at the end of every show, uh, see ya. See ya!